Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Sattler, welcome to the Uncle Gems podcast. (laughs) 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 A very special Uh. bonus episode for June 2023. My name is Jakob. And my name's Randy. And today, you may imagine we talk about Jurassic Park because... It's the 30th anniversary of this movie being released upon the unsuspecting public. Uh, so we're going to be talking about some dinosaurs. Uh, so, so there's that. And it's also in uh, in, a, in, in a tie-in to uh, our grand theme in June of Michael Crichton's adaptation. Arguably his biggest adaptation ever, right? So, yep, so we're doing that. Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue with that. Congo is potentially a bigger movie. And no, it's not. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Uh, oh, no. Anyway, I ramble already. Sorry. So this is a tie-in to our Michael Crichton uh, month. Although if there's a specific tie-in episode on our main show is the sort of Carnosaur episode. Because it's kind of like the poor man's Jurassic Park. Uh, <laughs> so go and listen to that. Um and then also in June, just as a measure of a quick reminder, um, as a tie, a Soderbergh tie into our, I mean, a Soderbergh a shallow cut episode to our Soderbergh project is Che, part one and two. Um, that's already available to listen. And then later on this month, John Cassavetti's marathon will continue with um, Minnie and Moskowitz. And here's a bonus. Later on this month, there's going to be a bonus bonus tie-in. Uh, which is unrelated to anything that we do this month, but it's kind of related to this uh, episode in a way, and it's also related to something that's going to be in cinemas, unless they pull the plug on this, but I hope they won't. So we're going to be talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark in in uh, sort of ta- in connection to the uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny being released in theaters uh, this summer. And also because it's a Spielberg movie, so it kind of ties into what we're doing today. So there's that. Anyway, let's talk some dinosaurs, baby. So let's just talk about Jurassic Park. Actually, you know, before I start start doing this, again, thanks for for subscribing for, to our Patreon and, you know, for supporting us. How about that? <laughs> I keep forgetting to say that. Uh, but, you know, like, your your support goes a long way. You know, I think that at this point in time, possibly the website has paid for itself this year. So, you know. Good on you. <laughs> thanks Woo-hoo. for supporting us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks everyone. How do you know they're all female? Has somebody yeah. go out in the park and pull up the dinosaur skirts? We control their chromosomes. It's really not that difficult. All vertebrate embryos are inherently female anyway. They just require an extra hormone given at the right developmental stage to make them male. We simply deny them that. Deny them that? John, the kind of control you're attempting is... Uh, it's not possible. Listen, if there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free, it expands to new territories, and it crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously, but... Uh, well, there it is. There it is. You're implying that a group composed entirely of female animals will... breed? No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. So Jurassic Park, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by David Kep and Michael Crichton, and adapted from his 1990 novel. Uh, and it stars 
Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Richard Attenborough. And this is where I have to actually just go and make a point. It's Attenborough, not Attenborough. Just saying. Because <laughs> like, I, hear, I, hear, I, hear, I hear this all the time. <sighs> where was I? Sam Jackson, Joseph Mazzallo, Ariana Richards, Bob Peck, Wayne Knight, B.D. Wong, and a bunch of others because it's a, it's a big cast. And it's a story about an eccentric billionaire, John Hammond who invites a small party of scientists to come over to his remote island, Isla Nublar, off the coast of Costa Rica, to endorse his new business venture, which is a wildlife park where, thanks to the wonders of genetic engineering, Hammond's scientists successfully cloned and bred long-extinct dinosaurs. However, as luck would have it, thanks to a confluence of happenstance and human malice, things get out of hand and dinosaurs break out of their enclosures and the protagonists of the story find themselves in peril. Dun dun dun. It's pretty much what it is. I just like basically summarize half the movie. There's also a spy plot in there. Like industrial espionage plot. But we're gonna get to it. <laughs> anyway. So avoid rambling too much. Uh Michael Crichton allegedly kinda had an idea for a screenplay about a student who cloned a dinosaur and it eventually turned into a book. So that's kind of how it originated. And in the interim, he also managed to write and direct Westworld, which is, like, if you watch the film, it's essentially Jurassic Park with cowboys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and, but then again, this is something that, like, if you want to, uh, to hear us talk about this a little bit more, just tune into our main show, because I think if, if my math is correct, because we're recording this slightly ahead of schedule, schedule, <laughs> uh, I just I I, I, like, I I went on a, like a sanctimonious sort of soapbox soapbox about Richard Attenborough, and now I'm just saying schedule like an absolute <laughs> Yankee, right? Anyway, <laughs> um, so so that's happening this month as well as part of our Michael Crichton sort of little retrospective. So go ahead and tune into that, uh, and you'll probably yes, uh, we'll probably just be able to listen to us talk about this sort of subject a little bit more. Um, anyway, so he wrote the book Jurassic Park and published it in 1990. However, before this was published, it was optioned for two million bucks. And Warner Brothers, by the way, like with Tim Burton attached and Fox with Don Richard Donner attached and Columbia with Joe Dante attached, all fought to secure this. So this is kind of why two million dollars was spent because <laughs> there was and and also Universal was kind of in. In, in contest for this and then Universal won and the bidding bid, bidding war and they um, James Cameron wanted it too I believe I yeah potentially yeah, yeah. I wonder if he wanted this as part of a, a, he, he was kind of like tied into Fox or something I don't know but then yeah. again there's a bunch of pretty much all major studios wanted this book they kind of smelled success <laughs> in there so Michael Crichton kind of demanded one and a half million and a percentage of gross. I'm not sure how much. Um, and then actually it so happened that Steven Spielberg at the time when this thing was, was kind of going down, he was working on a movie adaptation of his book ER, uh, which he dropped <clears throat> to make Jurassic Park. And then he later returned to ER, uh, the TV show, as an executive producer. So... That's just like Michael Crichton and Steven Spielberg. They have a very sort of intimate relationship to the point that he essentially just convinced Michael Crichton to write another book in in the series. So like my joke was always <laughs> that the the, uh, the, 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 the 
the biggest joke the devil played on on this world was when when Steven Spielberg convinced Michael Crichton that there was more than one movie in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're gonna get to it. <laughs> so so interestingly, he Spielberg lobbied uh, with Universal to agree to to pay pay this a lot of this huge lump sum of money and then he got them to agree on 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 the back of a deal that he would make schindler's list for them uh no hold on that was the other way around so so universal uh he he he, no he because spielberg was already a a a big deal right so he got he got universal to uh, to actually pursue this deal because he said i'm going to direct Jurassic park and then and then if I do this, they didn't. Will you let me do Schindler's List? Because that was kind of his his pet project. That was the other way around. Sorry, yeah. Um, so also, Crichton was paid another half a million to adapt his novel into a script. So he like the, in 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 the process. I think then David Kep was already involved. So they removed quite a lot of stuff. And I, I read this book like 25, 25 years ago. Like I was like in my early teens when I read it. And I remember this was like very violent, and there was like all these people were dying left and right and center. So I think Malcolm dies in the book. Like the kid, one of the kids definitely gets gets eaten by some dinosaur. I think the scene in Lost World when there's a kid being eaten by uh, these little dinosaurs. Never never remember their names. This was in the original book. Then one of the kids died that way. Anyway, so that's kind of like they removed all of that and they, they kind of condensed it, the exposition that's because this book is really rich in exposition. So they condensed into this Mr. DNA sequence, which is quite cool. Uh, just to avoid rambling too much, I'll just probably say like Stan Winston, Phil Tippett were kind of hired to do the animatronics. ILM did do you have sort of the VFX. Harrison Ford was offered the role of Alan Grant, by the way, and Jim Carrey auditioned to be Malcolm. Like imagine that. Hmm. And the producer just liked them. But they really wanted Goldblum, so he got it. Sean Connery was supposed to be uh, Hammond. Robin Wright, Julia Binoche, and Helen Hunt and Gwyneth Paltrow were also considered for the role that Laura Dern um, was given. And But then again, Spielberg really loved Laura Dern, so he kind of really wanted her. John Williams wrote the score. Cinematography was done by Jim Candy. And then the film was a massive success. Like by a massive success, it's, it was the highest grossing movie of its time, at the time. And then I think until 2015, it was the only Universal movie to cross the $1 billion mark for Universal, right? Until in the same year, Furious 7 Minions and... Oh yeah, Jurassic World. Yeah. <laughs> then Added. Universal really figured it out all at once. <laughs> they re- Yeah, won three Oscars, really wide acclaim across the board, re-released theatrically multiple times, which is probably why it has the billion dollar mark. Uh, and spawned a franchise of six movies, massively successful merchandising industry, which is, I want to say, this is a lesson that Spielberg picked up from George Lucas, um, or someone has picked up from George Lucas in the end. And then also reignited public the public love for dinosaurs, I, I believe. But we're going to get to it. I have a, a talking point on this, so... We're gonna get to it, but enough of me rambling, Randy, my my dear doctor Randy. <laughs> tell me, yes, yes, sir. Tell me, uh, I mean, this is where you should cackle like Jeff Goldblum, like. <laughs> I, I don't have my full vocal range. I'm still recovering. I have some voice recovery issues. Are you gonna so. be moaning like uh, Ellie Sadler? 
I, I don't know. I'm more <laughs> fearful of squeaking, to be honest, but we'll we'll see. Like Wayne, Wayne Knight? Oh, are you going to be poaching my top three list already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try now. But, this guy's uh, so excited about a can of Barbasol. <laughs> it's the most exciting can of shaving cream in film history, I'll say that. <laughs> so, so, what do you think about Jurassic Park? Uh, yeah, I saw Jurassic Park in theaters in 93. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it then uh, a lot. Um, I I forget if what I might have had uh, by way of issues with it, but this is a film that over the years, you know, I see periodically. It's, it's, it's a film that, you know, probably every two or three years I go back to. It's just really comfortable, fun filmmaking. Um, I, I love this film greatly. At the same time, I have a, you know a few issues with it, but uh, we'll we'll get to those right here just by way of opening. This is a film that uh, that where Spielberg captures awe. He puts someone in a position where they can be awestruck and dumbfounded, and then he he puts that sentiment on top of uh, suspense and action, and it's just it's just really magnificent. I remember I remember at the time that these visual effects were absolutely mind-boggling because really most of the digital effects we'd had up to that point were on display in in T2 you know so this was a huge step to have you know these char- these characters these dinosaurs moving this way um it's really really special and I, and having watched the film again uh this week it it holds up. This stuff looks really good, uh, you know, for uh, for for visual effects for the for this digital animation. Like this stuff holds up so well, um, and and even the the models that are used, for the most part, few exceptions, but for the most part, these models that are used of these dinosaurs, these life size, uh, you know, puppets and creatures and animatronics and robotics. Look, they look really good for the most part. So, um, yeah, this is a film that, you know, for the most part, even though I have a huge list of little complaints with it, it's it's me nitpicking. But all of those easily go to the wayside because I can watch this film over and over. I think that this is just if you'd like to listen to this show in its entirety, head over to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash uncutgemspod where for three bucks a month you'll be able to hear many other bonus recordings of ours, such as tie-ins to our main show, mini retrospectives and comprehensive director marathons. Patreon.com slash uncutgemspod is the place, so head over there and subscribe. Yeah.